What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam is back, Halal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going very well. It's a pleasure and an honor to be back on U.S. American soils again. Yeah. The land of the, uh, the heavy drinkers and loud, uh, abrasive folks. Glad to be back amongst them. Yeah. I tell you what, we're in Greece. Sure. I don't know if I could be an Atlanta sports fan if I were in Greece. It's seven hours ahead. Yeah. It's just impossible. Like, games would start at two in the morning. Right. Like, it was, um... You can't keep up. No. The same thing happened when we went to Italy. I was like, it's eight, eight hours ahead. And I was like, this is fucked. I can't, I can't, you know, I I look at stuff in the morning, but I was like, uh, there's there's no chance you're watching anything. you, You live and die on the like 12 minute YouTube highlights. That's how we, we got all of our news about the Braves sweeping the Mets. Sure. Which was exciting. You didn't, you didn't listen to the solo podcast I did last week in your absence. I, I haven't listened to that one yet. Graham. Man. It's, it's in my queue. It's been downloaded. Yeah. Um, that gives us some stats. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw it pop up. I was like, huh, I don't remember doing a podcast. Cool. You're too drunk. You just don't, you just don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good. Good to be back. Uh, exciting. I mean, the best month of sports, really. Yeah, it's definitely one of them. Football. Do you realize the Hawks are starting soon? Hawks are starting soon. Yeah, I, like, I, like I saw those. Week. I saw those scores starting to pop up on the Athletic. I was like, did I miss the beginning of the regular season no, somehow? No. But I think it's just in a, a few weeks, right? A couple you're not, weeks. You're not that out of touch. I think it's the last. I think it's like a week now from when we're recording. Mm. Yeah, you're gonna have to fill me in on some. I, I know the Falcons beat. The Browns. Right. We ran a lot. Yeah, we ran like 35 times. It was great. We like just took the ball out of Mariota's hands because he sucks so much. He's so inconsistent. He's either hitting people on the money or he's throwing balls over people's heads. He, he, or, uh, you know, he just he is a wildly inconsistent quarterback. I saw – these are just the random things I've seen. I see Matt Ryan is officially washed up. People were disgusted by that Seahawks-Colts game. Hey, man, he's 3-2. and two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's I love how no one said shit. All right, when he threw the game-winning touchdown in Week uh, Two against the Chiefs, yeah, to win that game, all of the Matt Ryan haters didn't say a fucking word. They were sure. quiet, and then he sucks the next week. Slashes offensive lines, getting him killed, which was never thought was going to happen with the Colts. Of how good they were last year, and then they all come come in and start saying he's washed. I I still don't think he's licked. So I still don't think he's licked. Would you say the Falcons' offensive line is better than the Colts' offensive line this I year? I think. I think Matt Ryan's problem that's been his problem for a while now is his immobility. And Mariota masks a lot of the offensive line's shortcomings in terms of pass protection because of his ability to run the ball. So That's helpful. Yeah, I mean he was, you know, sacked five times against Tampa Bay last week, so he's 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 not, you know, God's gift to man and the offensive line isn't that great either. But he had been against other defenses being able to get away. And he did get away a couple times against Tampa Bay, but he actually led the team in rushing last week. But he still was sacked for a season-high five times last week. Yeah, that that Tampa Bay defense is a beast, though, especially up front. Um, But, yeah, here I I was very grateful to be on the plane during that game. Coming back, I did have a football game to watch. Mm -hmm. Like the damn Dolphins game was on. Oh, Adam, real quick before you uh, continue, we just got an update. Correspondent Alexa, that the game is officially 
scheduled for 7.30, Game 2 of the National League Division Series against the Phillies. That's very exciting. So our, yeah. our, our general show plan is to talk about the Falcons. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about Braves Game 1. And then watch the game, and then you'll get some sort of live reaction. Yeah, probably very raw to whatever the hell happened. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a little more intense than this is right now. Yeah, it's a little too casual for playoff baseball. But yeah, type. we're obviously in baseball mode, but you know we got to talk Falcons, our two and three Falcons team. Yeah, so you 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 could watch a football game, but it wasn't the Falcons. Yeah, it was it was like because uh, it was like all like UK sports channels and. The game was being played in London at the oh, time, game, yeah. but then there was like another game afterwards, one of the one o'clock games, and it was the Dolphins and someone. And I was like, I don't. Oh, Dolphins and Jets. Jets. Disgusting. Yeah. I was like, I don't give a shit about this. I'm going to watch another movie. No. Um. But yeah, two and two and three. But I, I hear you had some raw emotions over this game. Man. I had a lot of raw emotions over this game. It was a really miserable game to watch. Um, you know, the first half was just Tampa Bay doing whatever they wanted against us. Um, Tom Brady. The son of a bitch. Passed the ball to Leonard Fournette 10 times for 83 yards. He also passed it to Rashad White, his other running back, three times for 28 yards. So these guys combined for over 100 yards receiving in a touchdown on the day. And Leonard Fournette was targeted 11 times and White was targeted four times. So that's 15 targets on 13 receptions for over 100 yards and a touchdown. And I swear to God, Adam, we did nothing to adjust to this strategy until like the fourth quarter where it was like it looked like there was no man on any of these running backs or if they were they just completely blew their assignment pass after pass little dump off passes over the middle didn't matter no one was there in zone no one was there in man and they just ate us up and it was infuriating and i started to get really angry over this which is weird because i said coming in this year it's nice not to have to get too wrapped up in the results of the game we just want to compete and see improvement but it was something about just seeing that happen over and over again that really lit a fire under me at the bar and well, sort of set the stage for what was going to come next. Well, sure, and also with this team, like there's a world where we're five and zero. Yeah, I mean we're we're in every damn game, so I just saw the final score being close. I was like, oh, we did it again. I guess that's pretty good to stay tight against the Bucks in Tampa Bay. But then I saw how it happened with that disgusting uh, roughing the passer call, and it's like uh, glad I wasn't watching that one with Graham. Oh. Yeah, that I haven't been that mad since we lost to Philly in the playoffs, and uh, where that was the 2017 2018. You were season. pretty mad in 2020 when. Uh, <laughs> oh God, the, the worst play kick. in NFL history. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty mad at that too. But this was you threw your phone across the backyard, if I recall. I, I did, but this was a little worse because it was on the officials. It wasn't on the Fa the Falcons actually executed. Grady Jarrett made me have flashbacks to the Super Bowl when he sacked Tom Brady three times, and I was like, he got him again, fuck yeah. And I was just going nuts because it was third down. Yeah. And that would have gotten us the ball, and we had just had two straight scoring drives, and Tampa Bay's offense was out of sync. For some reason, they just kept throwing it and uh, throwing in completions and stuff, and uh, we came back, and Grady makes this brilliant play. Um, sacks Brady in a completely legal way, didn't – he didn't. He also did not come down on him. He didn't land on him or anything either. But the referee just said, "I guess that you know, you know, his rationale for it after the game was he unnecessarily unnecessarily threw Brady to the ground, which is total bullshit." If you watch the call, how do you tackle someone exactly? Because Brady's running away. We just watched it again before we started the show, and Brady's running away from Grady. Grady's coming from the opposite side, and he has to grab him, wrap him up, and bring him down. He couldn't just hit him. 
head on and tackle him. He had to grab him from the side and then, you know, take him to the ground. So it involved sort of spinning him to the ground. Hopefully I'm doing a decent job of, of replaying the event. You lost to me. Um, in other words, there was no other way for him to tackle him given where Brady was running and where Grady was, was, was where, where Grady was coming from um, in terms of the physics of the play. So it was just a horrible call, inexcusable. At the same time, even though, yes, you could say this potentially cost the Falcons a game, the Falcons also dug themselves into a hole by not figuring out how to score until the fourth quarter. Well, I saw in the, the first quarter they were – looked like they were – they had a nice drive going on, and then there's – picked up a huge, what, like 30-yard pass to oh, London. There was no 30-yard passes, but – It was a 38-yard overall penalty because there was holding on the oh, offense. Right. That took away like a 20-yard pass. Yeah. And then 10 yards back. Yeah. Where overall this team has been, I think, one of the best in the league in terms of penalties. Mm-hmm. Seems like that kind of caught up to us, evened out a little bit this past game. Yeah, and, and Mariota was sacked, you know, like we talked about, five times. He, he actually led the team in rushing, seven carries, 61 yards. The Falcons rushed 30 times for uh, 31 times for 151 yards. The second consecutive week, they've attempted at least 30 rushing attempts. And uh, like I was talking about on the show last week, this team's identity is to run the football because they have a bad quarterback. And um, that's exactly what they did. And even though it wasn't working, I appreciated. I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't working as well as it did last week. Well, you don't have your top rusher now. You don't have your top rusher, but we didn't have our top rusher against the Browns either. Corderell was out after the Most first the half. Yeah. And when we really started rushing the ball, it was with Huntley and Algier. And we did the same thing this week, and it wasn't quite as successful. I would say Tampa Bay's defense is a little better than, um, you know, than the Browns' defense. Uh, you know, Algier at thirteen for forty-five, Huntley at eight for thirty-four. Avery Williams got a really nice rushing touchdown, three for eleven. I think he 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 seems like he's actually going to turn it in a nice little piece. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially where you have Algier and Huntley are kind of similar running backs. It's nice to be able to. He's definitely the, the fastest. Speed, the speedster out yeah, there. Yeah, he's the speedster. He's the change of pace back for sure. And he did a good job returning uh, returning punts and kicks. Averaged 23 yards on his kick returns. And he only had one punt return, but it was for 28 yards. Mark my words. He's he's going to break one within the next couple weeks. Yeah, I could see him doing it. I could see him doing it. And, you know, Mariota, to his credit, even though I'm, I'm talking shit about him, he did do a really good job at, at times of, of extending plays and making things happen. And... Um, had a couple of big, uh, big pickups on the ground, but it still just comes back to the reason the Falcons have to run the ball so much because of his ineffectiveness at, at quarterback. It's just, it's just plain as day. There's no other reason that we're running the ball 35 times uh, a game. Yeah, I think they just don't trust him to not turn it over at some point. Right. There's that. I mean, he has his moments. He has it. Yeah, he has moments where he, you know he's like hitting the guy, you know, right in stride, or he's you know airmailing it and just wildly inaccurate. Or he's doing a, making a stupid decision and for inexplicably fumbling the ball without getting hit, uh, you know stuff like that, or throwing a bad interception. But um, you know it was a tough game, and the 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 roughing the passer call, we'll never forget it. It's it's the worst call I've ever seen. Uh, the league should be ashamed of its uh, officiating crew in that game, and uh, quite frankly, it's because Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Marcus Mariota got thrown down like a fucking rag doll in the third quarter. That was so much worse. They didn't call shit. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Call the game fairly on both sides. If you're going to say that, if they would have said that's uh, roughing the passer, right, against Mariota, and then they would have said the same thing about Grady, 
even though it wasn't as bad, I'd be like, okay, well, at least we know how the referees are calling it. There's a consistency there. There was no consistency there. That's the big difference. Mariota gets crushed, nothing. And that's fair. Like that was like, yeah, he got sacked. Brady gets taken down to the ground, not as not as badly. Oh, but that's Tom Brady, so it has to be rough in the passer. Did you hear Tom Brady on his serious radio show on Monday? No, I don't listen to that shit. <laughs> uh, they, they were playing it on 92.9 The Game yesterday. Would have made you puke. He was kind of chuckling about it. They're like, was that pass interference? Yeah. And he's like, look, I don't throw the flags. That's not a ter- That's a terrible Tom Brady impression. You sound like a generic white guy, <laughs> yeah. so it works. Hey, guys, you know, I don't, I'm not out there. I, I don't throw the flags. I throw tablets. Ha, 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 ha. That was his joke on it. I'd like to throw him somewhere, but I'm sure I'd be called for roughing the passer, too. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it is certainly, it's, it's just typical, though. Third and six, Falcons with all the momentum. Um, they I, they probably wouldn't have called that in the first quarter, but you know in the fourth quarter it's like yeah we're not gonna let the Bucks lose. No, I wouldn't be surprised if they they had called it in the in the first quarter because because it's Brady. It's um you know and it's just disgusting. We had no sacks on the day, and that was our only that would have been our only sack. Um, I mean it, it just I just re, I'm just replaying it in my head over and over again. It's just un freaking believable that that happened and it was following the blueprint the falcons have followed all year you know make the game close in the fourth quarter defense comes up with an opportunistic play and then hopefully that sets up your offense again to 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 score a game-winning touchdown we're only down by six you know um it's frustrating falcons did dig themselves into a hole but man the 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 mind uh the mind wonders what would have happened had that sack been upheld and the falcons had one more chance to score so, this team needs to learn how to start quicker. The offense, anyways. Yeah, they they did a much better job of that against against Cleveland, for sure. Like, that game was back and forth the whole way. But, yeah, there have been a number of times when teams that are definitely a lot better than them, the Rams, Tampa Bay, um, have just come out and established total dominance. And the Falcons take a while to figure out how to combat that. So, yeah, you're exactly right. They have to be more consistent. On a more consistent level. I need my boy Koo to stop missing kicks. He's missed two kicks already this year. He oh. only missed five in his whole career coming into this season. I don't like that. I mean, no. this was what, like a 52-yarder? Yeah, it wasn't still. a gimme. And it's not like he missed terribly or something, but it was. it's just uncharacteristic. It's a momentum changer to miss a kick and then have Tampa Bay go down and score at the end of the half. Yeah, especially when it's you know 10 nothing and you're, you're clawing and grasping for something because Tampa Bay's defense initially – through you know two quarters wasn't giving us anything so it was like just to get into that scenario it was hilarious there's a stat that fox popped up where it was like plays in a on opposing teams part of the field tampa bay 19 falcons won Oof. at one point in the, yeah. in the second quarter or early third quarter i can't remember that's but, brutal yeah uh so we got what do we got this week we have the 49ers 49ers correct? coming to at, at home at home they've got some injury concerns don't they Besi- yeah, besides the obvious one of their quarterback, right, Gar- Garoppolo yeah. being back. Yeah, they have a couple of injury concerns, but their defense is brutal. Their defense has been playing great all year. Their defense is probably as good, if not better, than Tampa Bay. I don't have the stats in front of me, but you know the defense has been once again like it was last year for San Francisco. Uh, the key to them winning a lot of games so far, um, or key to winning any of the games they have won. So expect I think another kind of low scoring game like this, where it's eighteen, thirteen, twenty four. 2017, 2320, whatever, right? Um, your gamble man take the under because I think this is just going to be a really hard fought, 
low scoring game. That's going to be, uh, I think it's going to replicate pretty much the game from last week in a lot of respects. And the Falcons have to clean up, absolutely have to clean up covering running backs out of the backfield in the passing game. Inexcusable, just horrible, horrible coverage. Disgusting. I've been hearing a lot of chatter about people being very impressed with Troy Anderson and ready for him to take on a much larger role in this defense. He did come into the game, and he uh, got his first tackle for loss. He looked good. Five tackles and limited action with a tackle for loss. Uh, got a hit on Brady, too, which was nice. Um, I'm ready to see more of him. Looked like he was shot out of a cannon out there. Looked like he really had a good understanding of, of uh, what he needed to do and um, on, the, on the field. You know, never looked at him and saw, oh, my God, what are you doing? Um, immediately came in and started making impact plays. So, yeah, I like to see him maybe get a start um, this coming week. And I also really like what I'm seeing from Lorenzo Carter. Uh, only had three tackles this week, but he seems to be just around the ball. and He's made big plays, gotten a couple of turnovers this year. Uh, I think that was a really, really good signing by by Fontenot. But, you know, the biggest thing, once again, Adam, we talked about it coming into the season, is is the inability to get to the quarterback. Zero sacks. That's sad. Yeah. Um, and no pressure on Brady at all pretty much throughout the game. Even though he was hit four times, it was just it was few and far between. He could do whatever he wanted back there for the most part. Yeah, let's hope that we can uh, shake this one off and come out and get a big win against San Francisco. Uh, back at Mercedes-Benz, Graham, which actually has a bit of a fan base nowadays yeah like the second game against cleveland i mean it was it was rocking um the announcers were saying you know it's like these fans are making a lot of noise here in atlanta and that was like the second week in a row in terms of home games i've heard that i was like cool man i hope so uh, kyle pitts missed this last game yeah kyle pitts was not which is that's not that's tough to lose patterson and pitts yeah the falcons were definitely playing wounded and they put and once again competed their asses off against a, a far superior opponent so I heard some positive reports from Pitts today that he was back at practice and looked okay. So hopefully he's back. You're not going to – I mean, that's tough having – as much as I love my boy Ferkser, you don't want him starting as tight end with Hesse backing him up. Yeah. Got to get Pitts back out there. San Francisco, a couple of uh, tidbits for you on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they're holding people – to 177 yards through the air per game and 71.4 yards on the ground per game. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be big uphill climb for this offense. And I think, you know, it's regardless of the 71, only giving up 71 yards uh, per game rushing, the Falcons are still going to try to run the ball. They're still going to try to run the ball 100%. Because that's really the only way they can compete offensively on a consistent level. Your boy Tevin Coleman coming back to town. Yep, very excited for that. I, I didn't realize. I mean, they lost their starting cornerback. I mean, I, I shouldn't be excited saying these. Uh, unfortunately, the 49ers. <laughs> Way to wish injury upon someone. <laughs> the 40, well, it already happened. The 49ers, they lost their starting quarterback, Emmanuel Mosley, and uh, their safety, Jimmy Ward, along with star edge rusher Nick Bosa. Sure. but they And kicker Robbie Gold. Yeah, they've, they've still, though, despite these injuries, they've still been playing well. Well, that just happened this past week. I understand that. But the, po- they, the point is, we're going to have some fresh bodies out there. Not to attack, all of that right? happened this week. Bosa's been out for a couple of weeks. They still come out and laid the hammer down on people, man, defensively. So you, nah, I'm not scared of them. Their, their, their scheme is, is solid, and it's been solid for like three years now. Like They know what they're doing defensively. Offensively, it is what it is. They're, they're, not they're pansies, Graham. All right. They're not going to waltz into my stadium 
I think they're coming out of there with a win. Okay. Oh yeah. You know. Uh huh. Your stadium that you've been to like once for a football <laughs> game in the five years it's been around. Hey, it's my hometown stadium. Okay, Graham. You can say that. I pay for it with my tax dollars to the city of Atlanta. Actually, sure. to Cap County. So I don't know if I pay for it. I don't think you do. I'm sure I pay for it. Some I'm, there's got to be some sales taxes out there, something like that. You've you've spent money at the stadium before. That that is true. Yeah. Although it might have been through a third party to get in. But concessions. Concessions. That's what I mean. Like, you, sure. you bought beers. Yeah. You bought shitty concession food. So, you know. Yeah, that that that's... Yeah, no, but they're not... We're getting a win again this week, Graham. You think so? Yep. I think it's going to be a really close one. I don't... Um, I think the Falcons... Probably... I don't think they... I don't know. I think they could win. I think it's a coin, coin flip game. I think it's going to be really close. It's going to be, like, five points max will separate this game. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be very that's how, hard that's how we play. Um, let's talk about Deion Jones, Adam. Deion Jones traded to Cleveland. It happened after the Tampa Bay game. And end of an era, for sure. He was, uh, you know, we loved Deion initially for what he did, but the last couple of years he sort of looked like a damn revolving door out there. Didn't seem as uh, invested got blocked really easily on plays, wasn't as explosive. I don't know if that was due to injury or just where the team was or, or what, but definitely wasn't the same player as he was in the first uh, few years of his career. Uh, goes to Cleveland, we get a, I think a six, or we give them a sixth round pick. I can't remember what it is. I think, we, I don't know. We we basically traded Deion Jones for a late round pick. It was either a sixth or seventh round pick, and I think we gave Cleveland our seventh round pick for next year. So, And there's a little bit of cap relief. Well, not this year, but cap relief will come uh, next year. Yes. Correct. But his, we are still paying him this year to go play for Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that Grady and Jake Matthews are the only two that remain of the Dimitrov era at this point. You have the Super Bowl. Uh, no, not of the Dimitrov era, but of the Super Bowl team. Yes. Like Lindstrom. Oh, the Super Bowl team. Yeah, yeah, yeah There's you're still right. plenty of Dimitrov right. players on this roster. But, yeah, no. yeah, from the Super Bowl team, I think it is just Grady. Thanks for fact-checking me Matthews. there. Oh, yeah, got, got to – That was a dumb statement. It was. It's like, you knew where I was going with it. You sounded like some national media reporter who doesn't know uh, well, anything just, about the Falcons. You just see a little snippet out there, and you roll with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Sometimes yeah. you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. Um, but that that's impressive. I, I guess you're just – last week you just talked to yourself. I did. So you're probably kind of eager to – you know, I'm eager to and hear some stuff. Right, I'm eager to interact with somebody. Yeah. You know. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, you got any more stuff on the Falcons? Um, no. I think I said my piece on how bad that Gray Jarrett call was and how inconsistent that officiating crew was. So, Yeah, I, I don't know what you, you talked about in your little monologue last week, but did you mention how right I was about the Mets? I did say, I guess, I don't start shopping, you know. I, I I said that you were right about them being top heavy, but I did not. I still deny that they suck. They don't suck. Like Oakland sucks. You know, um, Arizona sucks. Colorado sucks. Like the Mets don't suck. You don't win 101 games and suck. It's just that's just they objectively suck. not true. As I said from April, you can't ride a 37 year old through the playoffs. Fine, but they and obviously they, they lost in the wild card round, which yes. is phenomenal. Yeah. Just like I said, would happen. They're losers. They suck. They're going to be bad for the next decade. Now all these players are gone. It's glorious. 
Oh yeah, I'm, I, not... I'm more worried about the Marlins than the Mets going forward for the next few years. We'll see. Um, regardless, it was cool to see the Mets lose. Even uh, their stupid attempt, Buck Showalter's stupid attempt to check uh, Musgrove's like ears for yeah. foreign substances or whatever, and just because he was kicking their ass. Um, Loser manager, regular season manager, regular season manager. So, Adam, do the Braves suck then? If we lose to Philly, do we suck? No, we don't suck. We we have a good team. Okay. They don't. Look at their roster. It's not good. Our roster's good. Our roster is so good that we're starting Marcelo Zuna tonight for some reason over William Contreras. He's going to hit a bomb. He's going to have his That's moment. a fucking bad call. I wish they had... Do we need to do an ad break first before we get into this? Uh, yeah, let's do an ad break. We'll hear a word from uh, DraftKings, and then we'll get into an argument after the uh, after this message. <laughs> Lovely. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. If you listened to me last week, you made some money. I said, take the Falcons with eight and a half points given to them. And they cover the spread. They've done that every single game this year, and I don't expect that to change against San Francisco. Falcons, last time I looked, got are getting five and a half points. Take the Falcons. Win more money this week with me on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, and to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. So here's what you need to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions for Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Adam, let's talk about the Braves. Very, very frustrating game one for obvious reasons. So there is actually thought about this. So, uh, you know, while, while I was watching the game. In the fourth inning, they did the stolen base challenge. You know, the, the, they get some random dude to, to run to the middle of the field, pick up a base, and come back in like that, 20 seconds. That's a seconds. favorite of mine. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. So this guy... The Braves are down. Oh, yeah, because you went to the game, right, Graham? Yeah, I did. You did a, a, a solo outing to the game as well. Yeah, it was uh, it was not fun. One, going to a game by yourself isn't fun. Two, going to a playoff game at 1 o'clock isn't fun. Um, we really got screwed on these start times. We, we did. And um, Chuck and Chernoff had a great point that I'm just going to not steal. I'll give them credit for it, but I totally agree with it, is that um, – you know, just put the game, put all the games in prime time for their time zone, for who, the fan base's time zone. Because here's the thing: you're not going to get, uh, I don't know, everyone in the country to watch all these games all day because people have things to do, and there's only four games, and people are going to watch their team. So, like, you would increase viewership, I would say, if you started the game at seven or six, or whatever, right? Because more people will be off, and the people that actually want to watch their team are able to watch it. Kids can't watch the game because they're in school. Adults can't watch it because they're working, or whatever, right? It's just it's just so stupid to be like, yes, that's the best time. For a, for a baseball game, for a playoff baseball game, 1 o'clock is great on a Tuesday. Not this Saturday or Sunday, whatever. But for, 
I just don't understand why that's a uh, that's a good move for baseball and increasing viewership. It's not. It decreases viewership of anything. It's just so disrespectful to the fans that have invested in the team all year. And it, like this scenario, they didn't. You didn't know that game was going to be at one o'clock until Sunday. So people buy tickets like me. Yeah, and then it's like, oh shit, I got to work. Yeah, you, you don't expect the world champs to be playing at 1 p.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. And you're you're right. There's there's no one out there. I mean, I'm sure there's a you know, maybe like a thousand people that are going to sit there and watch first pitch of the 1 o'clock game to the last pitch and then first pitch of the 4 o'clock game to the last pitch, first pitch of yeah. the 7 o'clock. Like, no right. one's doing that. No one's doing that. People are watching their teams and you might want to catch the last, like, couple innings of another game. Yeah. Yeah. If it's exciting. Just put it just put everything in prime time. People watch the game they want to watch. Like that that's all you gotta do. It's it's pretty simple. Four thirty should be the earliest start time. The absolute earliest. Four thirty is that's doable. It's doable, but it's still stupid. Just put everything at seven. Because here's the thing, you got West Coast game and you got East Coast and Central. So if you put everything at seven, people will watch their game. Like if you put in and you start the Dodgers game at ten. There's only people that want to watch the Dodgers and the Padres or the Dodgers and the Padres fans. Yep. And they're all on the West Coast. So put it at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. It's it's pretty damn simple. I guarantee you ratings will be better. It's a great idea. It's not mine, but I totally agree with it. No, yeah, it's, it's all very unfair. And, you know, I, I don't know if this whole Braves record during day games truly matters. But the fact that we have nothing but day games except for today, thanks to this rain. Thank you, rain gods, for giving us this rain to make it a night game. Sorry to all the people that are down at the battery right now. I've been in the stadium since 3 just getting drunk. It's going to be raucous tonight. I'll tell you that much. There's not going to be not going to be empty seats. No. Yeah. So at least we get this one night game, but it's just very unfair, Graham. All day games. We got a wedding this weekend. The, like the baseball gods do not want us to watch these games. No, they don't want us to win either. Um, and you know what also sucks is that they didn't announce like the Friday, Saturday, or potentially yeah, or whatever the next three games that they didn't announce the times either. It's like nothing's going to change. Yeah. Just announce what the times are going to be. Yeah, it's so dumb. Like they didn't announce the Friday start it's, time till yesterday. It's like they're procrastinating, telling us bad news. Just get it out of the way early. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Rip the bandaid off. You know, it's like you got a bandaid on like me. Whenever I get, a, I have to wear a bandaid on like any part of my body because I'm hairy as a Wookie. I, uh, you know, I always like fiddle with it. I don't rip it off all at once because I'm a I'm a loser. I, I am I am Major League Baseball. I'm a loser. It's it's like me. I was I was trying to get in a pool last week and it was cold. And I just could not get myself to just jump in. Just jump in. Everyone knows, just jump in. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm you, just you like slowly easing. Like, eh. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> no, I, I can't do it. I've can't done the do same it. thing. It's a mental block. But right? eventually you just got to do it. That's what baseball's got going on. A mental block with giving the fans the bad, well, the news that they, you know, it's, I'm sure it's the networks forcing them to do this and they're just, you know. I don't know if it is or not. They're, they're being weak. We'll have to see. Maybe we can talk to, uh. Our friend Bridget over at oh, yeah, Sports. She, I mean, she, she she runs that shit. She runs, you know, last year ran the NLCS yeah. stuff, so she she knows. We'll, we'll we'll talk to her. We'll get we'll get down to the bottom of this. That's a real source. Yeah, yeah that's a real source. We'll talk to her this uh, this and, weekend, and then just yell at her about why it's dumb. Yeah, exactly. And then she'll be like, you know, and she's like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You don't know the factors that go into it. You're not in touch with the people on the ground, the fans that pay. To go to these games and watch these games so networks get their money. Hey, man, she's an eight-time Emmy winner. You're part of the the elite is yeah. what you are. Yeah. She's just trying to do her job. 
Anyways, there's anyway. a stolen base challenge that you watched. Yes, yeah, so this is a great when meta- you were sad by yourself. Right, this is a great metaphor for the entire day. Stolen base challenge happens. Um, and the guy goes and gets it. He's he's pretty much he might make it, he might not. But right when he's about to get to the finish line, he holds his hand up in in exultation, as if he's already done the deed before he crosses the finish line, and then he misses the you know, being able to win the prize by like half a second or a second or something because he counted his chickens before they hatched. And and so he lost, right? Even when he was so sure that he was going to win, he was so sure. And to the Braves' credit, they did not reward him with the prize because he lost. And it just felt like to me that this was a great metaphor for me shit-talking the Phillies because I came in hot saying we're going to beat them in four, no problem. We just took out, you know, DeGrom... Scherzer and Bassett were riding high off that, et cetera, et cetera. And then we just went out there yesterday and laid a fucking egg, an absolute fucking egg. So many people left on base, two bases loaded opportunities. Max Fried pitched like shit. Um, and the Braves did, you know, to their credit, stayed in the game and almost came back and won in the ninth. But um, I thought that guy in the stolen base challenge is perfect for my mindset. I was like, we're just going to roll over these losers. And we should have. We sh- absolutely should have. Ranger Suarez pitched like dog shit. He's walking everybody. We just could not convert when we absolutely had to. Multiple times. It was uh, an incredibly frustrating experience. And um, hopefully we, we figure out our stuff tonight. But now you got a much tougher pitching challenge um, because you got Wheeler pitching. And Wheeler always pitches well against us. So the Braves are really going to have to summon their inner badasses and, and, and make it happen. Yeah, that's the, the big kicker with... You know, we had the advantage of the rest, and they had to use Wheeler and Nola over the weekend, but you had to win that game one. Like, now we've given them home field advantage. Yeah. They have their best arms going, games two and three. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Freed was just not there. I think he's still feeling the effects of the um, of the flu game, the other game I went to. I mean, four back-to-back-to-back-to-back two-out singles. Yeah, that was frustrating. A couple of them were bullshit. A couple of them were softly hit. But the thing that you noticed about Max yesterday, um, I think he only had like two strikeouts. He didn't induce a lot of swing and misses, and his velocity was just way down. Yeah. Like he was in the zone a lot. But they they did, after a couple of softly hit balls in the first inning, they started, they started hitting him. And it was a big mistake by Snicker to run him out there a third time through the lineup after he's clear that he didn't have his, his best stuff. He should have put in either Chavez or McHugh um, immediately, because the game was still in the striking distance. You know, after he gave it four runs, I would have, I would have yanked his ass. Well, he he yanked him. He did yank him after he gave up. He did, but he did it. He, he yanked him in the middle of an inning when there yeah. were guys in second and third with like no outs. So it was like yeah. you're putting your bullpen in a precarious position. Whereas if you had not let him back out there for that inning, you're putting your bullpen in a clean inning. You sort of can refresh a little bit. You're only down by three runs. You know, go figure it out. Yeah, I mean, kudos to our bullpen for holding it down after Chavez gave up those last two Max Freed runs. Yeah. Um, did a good job there and didn't have to use any of our big three guys, which is why if today had gotten rained out, that was really going to suck for us because we already have a bullpen advantage coming into this series. But now going into this game, they used seven of their arms last night. Yeah. We didn't touch Iglesias. We didn't touch Minter. We didn't touch Jansen. Right. Um, they lost – did you hear about David Robertson? Yeah, David Robertson was he, celebrating he, the Harper home run. 
against the Cardinals. Yeah. So they're they're already down one of their better arms. So yeah. like we showed last night, we can get to their bullpen. We just need Kyle Wright to keep us in this game tonight. We need and. Uh, Talking about this game is kind of dumb because it's all going to be in the past. Right, by the time we resume. But I'm just saying, Kyle, in real time, keep us in this game. Let's hope that we put some good at-bats together against Wheeler. Get him out of the game, at least in the sixth. Give us some shots at their bullpen again. Yeah, I will say the Braves did a good job yesterday of of waiting out pitches and you know really making sure um, that you know they worked the count. They really worked the count. The guy only threw like 40 strikes or something out of – or I don't know. It was something like the strikes and balls were really even. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and look up pitching number stats. But, it, it, you know, we drew a lot of walks, a ton of walks. Um, we just couldn't convert when we absolutely had to. And, man. So, hopefully they take that same approach with Wheeler and, and work his pitch count up. That's the point I'm trying to make is you got to take that same approach, even though I'm sure Wheeler's not going to be as wild as Suarez was yesterday. Yeah, no, I mean, we really should have gotten to Suarez, but and what are you going to do, Graham? We, we we just don't do well game one of NLDS. The last time, the only time we've ever won that within the last, what, like 15 years was the fake news 2020 season against the Marlins. Right. You know? And we always lose game one of the NL. I mean, we lost game one last year. Granted, that was on the road. And we actually, like, it was much closer yeah even uh, though i know we only lost by one in both games it was still like you know the phillies dominated yesterday yeah the but brewers it was back and forth damn castellanos when he made that sliding catch like yeah, that was unbelievable after olsen's three-run bomb man if if Contreras gets on there that changes everything yeah it might have been a double it would have gotten to the wall could have been a triple could have been a triple yeah. um one out but you know we had like you said we had our shots 19 people left on base yeah i mean it's, it's just unbelievable that you could even do that um you know you also really missed ozzy alves in this game i think defensively in particular like that play in the first inning where arcia you know trying his ass off trying to make a diving catch or a, a diving stop and then throw out a camera as real muto or, or harper but um you know ball gets by him but ozzy alves makes that play it yeah was, it was kind of like when swanson was out the 2018 nlds and Charlie Culberson was out there trying his ass off, but he misses a diving play that Swanson probably would have made. It's just like, you just miss guys, man. You miss these people who are injured. It also really exposed, you know, uh, really exposed our, our deficiencies in, in left field. You know, with Robbie Grossman, just not the guy you really want starting a playoff game. Rosario can't see anything. He's making errors in the outfield, not in the game yesterday, but, um, you know, his bat still hasn't really woken up. And and I also got Ozuna for some reason starting tonight, but it's like the that was another bad move by Snicker. I think was pinch hitting Grossman for um, Von Grissom. I did not understand that move. Von Grissom hasn't done anything in weeks. Has not been a regular in the lineup since like mid or early September. And you're telling me his first postseason at bat, you're gonna put him in there with two outs and guys in scoring position and expect him to go out there and get a big hit. Now he could have done it, but it's like you haven't really been preparing this guy for this moment at this point. He's been on the bench the whole time. Well, and also, like, Grossman is on the roster because he hits he rakes against lefties. Yeah, and we were facing a lefty. And that was hand. a lefty. So it, it, I kept looking. I was like, have I been drinking too much, or is Brad Hand left-handed? Yes, he's left-handed. Why isn't Grossman hitting? Yeah, no, that that was definitely a strange call. I, I almost would have preferred to see Ozuna come up in that spot. Well, Ozuna hasn't done shit against left-handers either. Well, I mean, he's, but, been, but, he's been awful. But still, he's been playing more. I get, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're going to use that logic. But I would just let Grossman ride. Honestly, at that point, just, you know, 
that's the reason you brought him over here. You know, like you said. I guess that's the general plan because um, with this roster they put out there, we haven't discussed that at all. Uh, surprising that Tyler Matzik didn't make it. We now know that he was hurt and he actually had Tommy John surgery today. So it's like all these huge pieces from our World Series roster are gone now. Um, so instead of going with Bryce Elder and going with 13 pitchers, they decided to put Adrianza on the roster, which I think is because they're just going to keep pinch hitting whoever's in that ninth spot playing left field, trying to get the best matchups, I guess. I guess. Um, and then you can use Vaughn Grissom in a spot like that. But that, that, yeah, it didn't make a ton of sense. Normally you can kind of see where Snit was going with it, but right. not, not this time. I, I do not at all. I, I do not get the rationale for that move. Even if it worked out, I've been like, that's still kind of dumb. But um, whatever. You got to just shake this game off and move on. Um, you know, one thing about Kyle Wright that's interesting to me. Um, faced Philly recently and did a good job. Five and a third. Two, two runs given up, six strikeouts, two walks, and 97 pitches. Um, but he hasn't really gone deep in September. Uh, hasn't gotten out of the sixth, the sixth inning and, and, and uh, any September starts. Uh, his last start was against the Mets. Also went five, five innings, two runs, a few strikeouts on 87 pitches. So I'm wondering how long he's going to – how far he's going to go tonight. I mean, we'll find out. But I, had, I don't know. I have a really bad feeling about this series now after yesterday. It just felt like yesterday was given us to us on a silver platter and we couldn't capitalize. It's like, can we really bounce back and do what we need to do to win the series against two top flight pitchers? And then you also think about the future of the series after this game. Let's say you do win. You got Spencer Strider. You don't know what you're going to get from him. He is the guy I would still roll with. But then the other problem is you also got Charlie Morton, who's been one of the worst pitchers in baseball on the road this year, the five seven two ERA. And like I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like Either way you go during game three, I think you've got to go Strider. But... Um, Morton will have to pitch, and I, I really don't uh, – I'm not c- confident in, in what he's going to give you based on his results this season. Yeah, I almost think if, if we had won game one – You might start Morton game two. Yeah, but now you can't do that. No. Um, but, yeah, he's not been good in Philly. But, yeah, I mean, they've been super quiet on Strider, so who the hell knows what we're going to get out of him. Maybe, maybe he's just an opener in game four. Maybe he piggybacks with Morton in case Morton – they don't want Morton to go through uh, the lineup three times. Then, then that leaves you to Rizzi or something to start game four. Or, or no, start the game with AJ Minter bullpen game. You, you could. We it, got a fresh pen tonight. It, it really you got a day off. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's just you know the 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 pitching staff is like the the rotation itself is a little compromised right now. Max Fried can't get over this flu thing. I mean the way he was talking in the post game uh, stuff yesterday, you can tell like he's clogged up or something's going on there. You know, you don't know what you're getting from Strider. Charlie Morton's a disaster on the road. The only guy you can really rely on right now is Kyle Wright, and you you can't do that and expect to win postseason baseball to have only one good starting pitcher. Yeah, I mean that, that's such a bummer that Ian Anderson just completely forgot how to pitch this year as well. You yeah. forget he was such a huge playoff piece for us in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but hey, Strider's been superhuman all season. The fact that he's even on the playoff roster is pretty crucial yeah they could surprise the shit out of us and he starts game three goes seven innings they're they're being quiet because the phillies are scared of strider oh yeah he crushed, he, he kills he's him. had their number he kills they, don't, him. they don't know when the hell he's gonna come in but he's gonna come in at some point yeah. um hell he could pitch tonight who knows <laughs> um yeah but yeah we'll, we'll see graham um 
I don't want to discuss game one too much more. That was kind of depressing. Yeah, I think we kind of covered the broad strokes there. Um, a lot of missed opportunities, bad pitching, and um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna touch, but we're gonna take a long break, about four hours. Yeah, we're gonna leave this rolling too, so the episode's gonna be like five and a half yeah. hours or so. Won't, yeah. won't edit out the dead air or anything. <laughs> and um, yeah, you'll you'll hear from two very different Adam and Grams um, right after this break. Yeah. Predictions? It's going to be close. I think we win 5-3, though. I think we... Go, going into the ninth, we're up 5-1. Jansen gives up two oh, runs. God. I think Kyle Wright gives you six innings of two-run ball. We win 3-2. to two. That's my prediction. We'll knock on wood for Hugo. For Hugo slash... And, excuse me, and Marc-Andre. Two most superstitious men in the world. I was discussing this with Marc-Andre in Greece that knocking on wood is... It's like his religion. You know, it's like the god of knocking on wood. He's the god of knocking on wood, or there is a god. No, he worships. He worships the god of knocking on wood. Okay, yeah. got it. Yes. Well, there is a god that you, instead of praying to him, you knock on wood. Right. That's like the form of prayer. Right. So it's his religion, Graham. We must respect his religion. So we will knock on wood. I already did it. I'm not doing it again. Okay, that's okay. fine. Graham doesn't fully respect the religion. Uh, I think you got to do it twice. All right, that's it. We'll see you after this. <laughs> Game two of the National League Division Series. Well, we're back, Adam. Thank God you knocked on wood. Yeah, it was all because I did that. I have so much bearing on the outcome of baseball games by my opinions. You do. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. Yeah. Must win. Accomplished. What did I say? I said six innings from Kyle Wright. I said we went 3-2, but we won 3 Uh Obviously, that's fantastic. And uh, I would rather win 3 nothing than 3-2. Kyle Wright was dominant, though, man. 83 pitches, six, uh, six innings pitched. I think he had six Ks, too. Only gave up like a couple hits. Ran a little trouble early on, but, man, his stuff was moving all over the place. Curveball was great. Sinker was great. All his pitches were working. Yeah, you could just tell from the first inning he was sharp. He had his shit together. The moment wasn't too big. He's uh, pitched in playoffs a couple years in a row now. Ready to go. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and uh, Wheeler was dominant, too. He was averaging like 10 pitches an inning. We couldn't do anything. No plate discipline. Marcelo Zuna was the only guy – First time around, they actually like had I think saw more than three pitches. Yeah, Mar- Marcel looked good uh, overall. No hits, no hits, but he had some good at bats. The ball just was not flying. Today. No, I like, thought who was it? Uh, Mike almost got a home run. Olson almost got a home run. Um, Harper, Marcel, Harper, Marcel. Yeah, um, it was it, it, that that Harper ball especially was scary. I was like, he definitely got all of that. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. Ball isn't flying tonight, but yeah, Braves plate discipline overall tonight against Wheeler was trash. Um, but he was pitching really well, but then the sixth inning happened Adam, And that's when the Braves finally got it going. You know, they had two outs in the inning. Acuna was up and it looked like, all right, here we go. Another one, two, three inning for Wheeler on like eight pitches. Then he hits our boy, Ronnie. And, uh, that was the war cry though. And, we, and it's amazing. Ronald stay in the game and hit his unprotected elbow. His right elbow. It was like a 97, 98 mile an hour fastball. And we were like, oh, Jesus. And they took about three, four, five minutes checking him out. And, uh, you know, like a tough, the tough son of a bitch that he is, he stayed in the game. Yeah, I think it just got his funny bone, Graham. Like, obviously, I don't think he stays in if something's broken. Yeah. And I think you can tell pretty instantly if that happens. So, yeah, the fact that he not only came back out to the field, but then had an at bat after that, it wasn't a great at, at bat, but, you know. Nonetheless, he's out there, so hopefully we get positive reports today. He's got the day off tomorrow. 
But yes, that was the rallying cry that the team needed. You don't hit our Ronnie. No. That pisses off all of Braves country. And uh, we kind of did to the Phillies what they did to us last night and just uh, strung together, what, like four batters in a row reached base? I think so. Yeah, it was... Dansby actually had a really good at bat at a 3-2 count, drew a great walk, and then uh, Matt Olson delivered the game-winning run. Hard hit ball that Hoskins couldn't handle. Uh, tough play for Hoskins, but, you know, Matt Matt stroked it. Acuna scores. And you thought, you know, when Acuna was running around the bases, he's, like, holding that that elbow just in place. And I was like, okay, well, he's he's definitely going to come out, which we all, we all know that he didn't. But um, that was that was great. Austin Riley even got in on it, even though it wasn't, like, a great hit or anything. Little little dribbler that scores Dansby. And uh, then you got TD being just as solid as they come with a beautiful base hit up the middle on a 2-2 count where he, you know, like yesterday in game one, he had a full count. He overswung uh, when the bases were loaded. I think the second time we had the bases loaded and that was the end of the inning. This time he just goes with the pitch, shoots it right back in the middle, scores, the, uh, you know, the third run. And it was just um, it was a beautiful, beautiful piece of hitting. Yep, so we got our three runs there. Bullpen takes care of business. Minter, Iglesias, Jansen, all very solid. How good was Kimley tonight? He he looks on, man. He's yeah. back. This is yeah. why you don't demote people, just because they have a bad few weeks, Graham. Oh, yeah, he, he, he was like, the cutter was cutting, really fine in his location, um, and, and everyone was kind of his bitch. I mean, he really got Harper out on one pitch, but they said the ball hit the net. We still don't know if that actually happened, but then he strikes him out, so it's even better. Only throws about 10 pitches. The bullpen should be fresh um, going into game three on Friday. One thing that we noticed at the end of the game, though, when they cut to the bullpen, they had a shot of Colin McHugh mimicking Jansen's uh, delivery, which is pretty funny. But standing next to all the bullpen guys is Spencer Strider. Does this mean that Spencer Strider is a bullpen guy for this series? Yeah, I don't know, man. That's uh, That was interesting to see. Uh, it's not great if he is because then you're looking at Odorizzi getting a start game four likely unless it's just bullpen game and strider's more of a opener right but or comes um, and follows somebody after a couple innings yeah i don't know now now's where things get very interesting as we said earlier we don't really know how they're going to mix it up now um i would think with us winning today it's definitely morton going game three but who knows yeah i don't know i don't know um there's no indication other than that clue that we got, but that could be a red herring. You never know. They might have just said, hey, go out there and, you know, maybe mess with the Phillies' heads. Obviously, someone in the organization is watching the broadcast and be like, hey, Strider's in the bull. I don't know. I don't know if that was purposeful or not, but um, it's good to see him out there because we haven't seen him since he got – since he was really on the injured list. So, yep. it was nice. Oh, yeah, one thing we didn't talk about real quick was that Strider got extended, another Alex Anthopoulos extension. So, he's here to, like – 2028 or something on another pretty team-friendly deal that buys out a lot of years of arbitration and things like that um and the contract's super cheap the first three years i think it's like a million dollars and four million and i think eventually it jumps into the 20 million range the last couple years but another great uh signing by alex anthopoulos riskier though than the other moves riskier because he's he's a pitcher young pitcher injury small frame already injury prone and throws hard as hell yeah but he is young he's only 22 and Anthopolis kept saying, you know, he's like, I've never seen someone do what he does. I never, I've never seen this. I've never seen that. And it's like, I think he's just making a, a big exception here because of how special Strider has been. And even if Strider doesn't, you know, that's the thing, thing like this contract, Michael Harris's contract, even if those guys don't live up to their expectation, it's still pretty damn team friendly. And you get them into, you know, you get them in their early years and 
when they start to enter their prime, if not a little more for, for Michael Harris. So got to love the, the strategy from Alex Anthopoulos. You wonder if one day this isn't going to work where he signs a guy, you know, and the guy doesn't deliver. But at the same time, it's like because they're not that expensive, it's not like $100 million, $150 million, $200 million deals, you know, on guys that are older. Um, or even if they were that young, it's like it's really not that big of a deal because it, it it lets you it also lets you set up your 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 payroll for years and years to come because you know there's going to be a lot of these guys in the books for years to come. And even if they underperform a little bit, it's okay because it's really not that expensive. It's the exact opposite of the shitty Mets and how they handle their business. Yeah, or really anybody. Like no one else is really doing this. So got a trailblazer on our hands and uh, Mr. Anthopoulos. And so that's going to wrap us up, Adam. I'd like to point out, Graham, yeah. that we're both pretty calm after this win because we're world champs. Yeah. We expect to win. Yeah. It wasn't as nerve-wracking as a lot of other playoff games are. And even going to the game yesterday, I wasn't. I was at... starting to feel it a little bit there in the sixth inning. Yeah. Like, you knew time was kind of, like, not on our side, but it was still like, you know, stay calm. This team knows what they're doing. And as fans, you know, we expect them to come through. So, um, great stuff overall. Great stuff. And, yeah, man. You got anything else on your mind? No, I think we covered it all. All right. Well, we'll uh, see you all next week, hopefully talking more good Braves news and uh, big games this weekend, obviously, at the convenient time from Friday of 3.30. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and I think even what the Saturday games at like 4.30 like four, again. yeah, right when the wedding starts. Right. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna because of rehearsal dinner and the wedding, we're gonna miss a good good chunk of all these games. If not, and I hope the there's no game Sunday. There's no game Sunday. Game five wouldn't be on Sunday. Game five would be back here on Monday. Yeah. Okay. Probably at two o'clock. Probably. Cool. So the the day we could watch it Sunday, no game. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be at like I bet it'll be like 11:30 a.m. or something on uh, on Monday yeah. if there's a game five. If everyone's in a game five. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Well, thank you, MLB. Yeah, thank you. Best best league in sports. Yep. All right, folks, that's it. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. Rise up. Chop on. Unite and conquer. And remain true to Atlanta. That's Thomas it. We can talk shit about the wedding because we know Gabe has never once listened to a podcast. No. Hospitality. <laughs>